Welcome everybody to our first podcast. My name is Jose and with me is Andy and this is How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. And this podcast is basically dedicated to people or for fathers out there who um, just want some entertainment or they just want to hear us talk about uh, what is to be uh, dads. And yep. also, like, if you didn't have a father uh, growing up and now you're a father, uh, well, I have a lot of experience into that. First of all, I want to introduce myself again because my name is Jose and with me is the wonderful and only Andy. Hey, how's it going, Jose? How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, so it's uh, our first podcast, hopefully because, yes. you know, for a long, long time. And um, you are a very, very busy man. So you may be here every week. You may not be here every week. You're yes, always welcome. You, you're you're oh, always geez, welcome man. to be here. Uh, you Thank will you. always be part of the How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. Because um, I wrote a book called How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. And you're helping me uh, um, with a lot of stuff because my first language is not English and yours is. And you're yes. not only a great dad as you are right now, but you're an editor. And tell us a little bit about you, man. Because So, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, so me, my, a little bit about me. So my name's Andy, as you said. Uh, I've been a dad for 12 weeks tomorrow. That's when my son has his three-month birthday anniversary thing, whatever wow. you call that. Um, and essentially, I'm 32. Uh, before uh, this podcast thing, uh, I was a magazine editor for mostly in video games, uh, and now I work for Free Jam Games, who have got a game coming out very soon called Rubbercraft Infinity on Xbox One, which is cool. Um, so doing all that at the same time as having my first son with my wife uh, is pretty scary. It's pretty busy. Um, I'm not getting a massive amount of sleep at the moment. I think the main thing <laughs> why I was interested in this podcast is like, uh, I feel like one podcasts are awesome. Um, they're especially good when you're trying to put down a little one and he won't sleep and you're like, Oh my God, please just fucking sleep. And he won't sleep. <laughs> so you, when you have something in your ears that helps you put up with that stress, like so much more the stress um, or the crying. Totally. Totally. It, it, it masks it a little bit. Um, but it also means you're like, no, I, I've got a little bit of a distraction. Um, so yeah, uh, this is going to be this is going to be a cool uh, cool experiment, I think. And also, like your book has been uh, really really useful to me, like already. Uh, it's when you have well, when you know, like when you have a kid, um, especially really really early on, like they're this such this tiny thing that you're afraid of breaking, like all the time, but they're oh. surprisingly sturdy. Um, and like reading somebody's experiences, like uh, I mean, how old is your your son at the moment? So he's going to be three in August, which today is um, we're in April in 2018. Yeah. So like seeing a window into the future of what could happen with my son has been really, really helpful. And it's also kind of given me frame of reference on like me and uh, my wife have been not necessarily struggling, but it's our first one. Right. So there's lots of new experiences, lots of struggles. Uh, lots of excitement at the same time. So, you know, having a frame of reference for someone else's experience, I, I found really, really helpful. Did you have any experiences in, as as a parent? Meaning, like, do you have, like, nephews? Do you have uh, little cousins? Or do you ever took care of kids? Or were you just like, oh, shit, 
<laughs> so I do have a little bit of experience. But the thing is, like, so I, I come from a family of four and I'm the youngest. So what always happens in that scenario is that you people always think of you as a little kid, even if you're 32 and uh, <laughs> losing hair. Uh, people still think of you as a little kid. Right. So the problem that uh, that I always had is that even though I had nieces and nephews like you know I was never really in a position to like look after them kind of uh like on my own really um because you were in that so, yeah well it's not only not prepared it's more like you know there's your family members you'll always be the youngest in their eyes no matter what right? yeah so um, they were thinking that you were not fit for it even though you totally you, even though you could have been more responsible than them and have yeah, better jobs and maybe. have more responsibility you know what I mean yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe, but I think, um, you know, I'm definitely grateful that they didn't because it allowed me to have a lot of fun and not feel tied down at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that that moment when you, you know, when you take your baby home straight from the hospital uh, is, you know, it's it's crazy. It's unbelievably scary. Um, like the thing that I always compare it to is like uh, uh, losing a I know it sounds weird to say, but like, uh, so I lost my, my dad when I was very young. Um, and it kind of conjured up feelings like that because I, my life as I knew it, as soon as my son arrived was like completely changed forever and kind of not necessarily over, but, uh, you know, my life had changed forever. Like it, it become like a, a line in the sand, like right before my son was this life after my son is that life um and yeah. we're in that life at the moment and it's it's really good it's really fun that's actually pretty good that you think about it because that means you're responsible because you are actually thinking about him not yourself and then you have that right mentality where like um you know like before let's just say you know like you did something stupid it comes you know you know it's against you now everything reflects to your son and i think mm. that's a great you know mentality for you to have and you know that's pretty pretty you know right there out of the bat you're actually a good parent in a way that you know that everything that you're going to do from now on is going to be reflected upon him and then you have to take care of him and you know everything that you do is about him right yeah yeah well i thought that was one of the best uh, one of the most helpful things i read in the book i thought um was just how again it, it just makes you inwardly reflect uh, and also reflect in a kind of a, a time-centric way and think about the future in ways that you didn't before uh, and also I think it's really important like when you, you know when you have a, a a baby and so many things are changing all the time like literally there's times when I go to work leave my son for about 12 hours and then come back and he's kind of changed or he's picked up a new behavioral trait or whatever um, I feel that there's really not enough time in that process to like take a step back and go holy shit we achieved this three months ago like my wife managed to push a tiny baby out of a place where nothing really should, should come, come out, out that's any bigger <laughs> than you know like like a tennis ball if that and you know my son was way bigger than a tennis ball so yeah it's 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 good to reflect for sure for sure oh that's pretty cool well let me tell you something about myself for everybody that's listening out there um i didn't have a dad growing up um i've been in the united states for about 18 years i am actually uh recent i'm you know i'm i'm a parent i have a two-year-old that i love very much that doesn't look anything like me but it looks everything like my girlfriend 
uh, luckily, because <laughs> I, I didn't have to go be chasing anybody around. Uh, <laughs> and I do have experience with kids because I, I helped raise three kids with uh, for my my brother, my brother, and you know I lived with my brother most of my American life, and then my nephews grew up with me, and then I kind of took care of them all the time. So um, my oldest nephew is nineteen. Oh, he's twenty. So I have mm-hmm. a lot of experience of of you know little things that you know you may not know about kids, but and I already know, but um, that doesn't mean they were my kids. So, but now I have my kid, which is my twenty four seven responsibility. You know, that's yeah. that's a super scary thing to to think about because now you think about uh, three people: your wife, uh, your son, and yourself, and you had to like provide for them, which is another scary yeah. thing. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Also, I I wrote uh, my book, which is called How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. Uh, not only to like provide entertainment to fathers out there, but also probably um, help my son in a way that I I didn't have when I was younger. You know, I struggled a little bit with money. My parents were you know not really well off, and you know I struggled a lot with uh, with money. I still do. I still live paycheck to paycheck. I work in the dying business, which is radio. Uh, that's how you and I met. Uh, well, not really. Yeah. We met at uh, E3, but I work in radio, which is a dying business here in the United States. <laughs> uh, and then uh, so I need to look for other resources. Uh, even though I'm working hard, I'm really good about my job. They're not giving me the opportunities. Like, for example, if I break my foot right now, I'll go bankrupt because I don't have insurance. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so I kind of wrote this book to help parents out there. I mean, fathers out there. And hopefully, you know, help myself, which is, you know, the ultimate goal to help yourself so you can help others, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jose, should we say how we met? Because it was a bit weird, right? Like, Yeah, first of all, let me tell everybody that uh, me, Jose, I'm from Guatemala, came to the United States, and I'm recording here in San Gabriel, California. And Andy, do you want to tell everybody where you're at? Yeah, so I'm located in a weird kind of coastal city in the uk called portsmouth uh which is the home of the royal navy uh, yeah so representing that's how you say that thing right representing portsmouth or something uh, uh you're asking yeah. the wrong person i have esl which is uh english as a second language so if, okay. if you're if you're coming for a grammatical uh you know advices you're coming to the wrong person well that's, well that's that's the only reason i said yes to this man i need someone to have a look at some of the shit that i write so <laughs> <laughs> uh but wow so if anybody that is listening out there you had to understand that this is so incredible that andy is in england or uh portsmouth 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 or Ports- portsmouth you can say portsmouth, portsmouth. there you go yeah and yeah, i'm here in my living room in san Gabriel, california which is uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you here because the chances of us meeting and having a podcast is just ridiculous. And I said <laughs> that, you know, not only you're representing England or Europe, but I'm representing yeah. the United States and I guess like the Latino community too, which is, mm. I want to, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but I saw it as a, as a big, whoa, you know, like when, when can you have that? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I 100% agree. Yeah, so I mean, I think. Um, uh, sorry, man, I took it you. You go, you go, you go. Oh no, don't worry. So yeah, we met at uh, E3, right? Yes. Yeah. 
So it was on the, uh, I think it was on the Xbox booth. So I was covering, essentially, I, I got sent over there to, to look after uh, my game, really, uh, which is Robocraft Infinity. And, and Jose, you were there, uh, also man in the booths as well. Um, I think we just kind of got started talking because it was, there was points when it was quite dull on that booth, wasn't there, really? Uh, yeah, so um, the first day of E3, which, by the way, if anybody doesn't know what E3 means, is um i called e3 like the super bowl for video games is that correct yeah that's pretty much right that's pretty so much right. there you go so it uh by the way i'm not the expert of video games that's why we have andy right here he is all about <laughs> video games um so yeah so i was working for a marketing company that uh hired us to work with uh xbox and then um uh, i started working in the front of the uh xbox um booth which is not a booth it's like basically an island this thing was amazing like <laughs> oh my god i was on force of seven and then the, i did a good job that they put me in the back because like where i was it was super hot and i had to wear a stupid jacket and then i'm a very hot person i was sweating the whole day and where they put me that's where the air conditioner was so they put me there which it was pretty slow and it was uh, basically a row that had a bunch of video games and I was controlling the line for Dragon Ball Fighters. And then at the end, it was you and, and Lewis, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started talking to you guys. And actually, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, I like to share the love. So yeah. when people will be in line, I will tell them, hey, you know, you want to go check out this, you know, uh, video game and I'll save your spot. And then I was like, you know, that's how we got track into your, you know, I hope I got it, something. No, you, you definitely helped, man. There, there was times on that booth where we didn't have anyone playing our game. We were surrounded by booths that had lots of people that were playing other games, like lots of consoles. So, yeah, we definitely appreciated it. I think the, the, the funniest thing for me was that uh, literally during that trip was when I found out that my wife was pregnant. And I'm pretty sure... I think you're like the first person that I actually told like before my family, before anyone else. It was really bizarre. But it was like we were having a chat and I was enjoying the chat and I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to share this incredibly personal thing because uh, it was so surreal. It's mental. Get the fuck out. Like, you, I thought you already knew and then you came to, to the E3 and then. So we were we were pretty sure uh, me and my wife were pretty well. Yeah, she was my wife at that point. Uh, we were pretty sure, uh, but we weren't 100 percent sure. So essentially, that was the we 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 got another. Uh, so there's a thing where like if you get a a a, a test um, and you do that after the ladies missed her first period, and then you kind of you wait like a couple of weeks more because you can't get like false positives. Um, and then essentially, Nicola had another test, uh, and then at that point, she would have gone to the doctor. But she told me. Literally uh, after that show, um, and this was before like I told really uh, anyone else. So it would have been like probably the first day, or maybe even before the show started, that we got confirmation. So yeah, Fuck, it's pretty nice. Bro, like, well, it's an honor, basically. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you know it hits you, right? I mean, it hit me like a brick, and um, yeah. I'm pretty sure you actually. You know, I was luckily to be there, but I'm sure that you needed to tell somebody, right? You need, you wanted to yeah. scream it, right? Yeah, totally. Like I was excited, but at the same time, like you, I, I don't know. It's not necessarily worrying about what people say. It's more of like an issue of, you know, you want the pregnancy to stick, 
um and uh in my family like my essentially my sister she got really far along and, and she miscarried so I've always been kind of cautious about telling anyone uh, or at least I was very cautious telling anyone really early on because I knew how much it can hurt you know people that you love um when something bad happens during that super super vulnerable stage during really early pregnancy so you know, I hadn't even told work at that point, and I wasn't entirely sure how they'd feel about it. Uh, it was the same with Nicola's work as well. So we were keeping it very, very private. Uh, so, yeah, so being able to tell you was actually a really good moment for me. So it's like, I can't even tell Louis, who I've flown from England to be uh, to be here. Uh, but I can tell someone else on the booth. So, yeah, it, it was cool. It was oh, cool. yeah. Well, did I tell you what... Um we kind of went through something like that with my girlfriend. My girlfriend had a, well, you read the book. Uh, so yeah. had tumors and blah, blah, blah. If you guys want to know more about it, you could buy my book, uh, How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. Um, and the website is howtobeadadwithoutadad.com. Um, and yeah, so my girlfriend had problems. She had tumors. Then they became, you know, that she had fibroids inside the uterus and cysts on her, no, inside the, uh, yeah, inside her, uterus and then on on so she was a high risk pregnancy so when she told me she was going to be pregnant i told her like you better not tell anybody like because i think that um the mistake could have been where you tell everybody and she loses the baby and then i was thinking for her in a way that if you lose a baby you don't want anybody to look at you and be like I am sorry, like every fucking time they see you, right? Because that would be yeah. like a reminder of you losing your fucking baby. If yeah. if for some reason, you know, you don't tell anybody and unfortunately you lose your baby um, and nobody knows, it doesn't matter, right? Like nobody's going to ever tell you, uh, I'm sorry, right? Yeah, I, I think there's also there's a judgment thing there as well. Like uh, early pregnancy is so misunderstood and babies can be lost for like nobody's fault no health issues or, or whatsoever um sometimes they just don't stick for whatever reason uh so i always think well not always but ever since what happened to my sister i, I always thought if i was going through the same thing i'd keep it as closely guarded as possible to avoid that exact scenario that you just described like it must be horrible and the pressure on women's like super super high as well um and there's not really any sort of the the social thinking behind it uh i don't think there's you know people always assume that there is a reason for everything um whereas it seems in pregnancy that that isn't really the case yeah i never thought about judgment and if somebody judges you because you lose a baby you will go fuck yourself right <laughs> totally absolutely <laughs> well absolutely. that's uh that's a tip for everybody who is listening um you know try to keep it a secret for you know at least three months right yeah, three months is is that after the? I don't even know what the trimesters things mean. Uh, I, I guess that would be after the first trimester. I is that the know, case? Man, Jose, like, do you know? I don't know. My girlfriend was like, "Oh, he's eighteen months." I'm like, "Nope, I don't do that crap." <laughs> he's one. As soon as he turned one, as soon as he turned twelve months, one year old, he was one until he turned two, and he's gonna yep. be two until he turns three. I don't do that yep. fucking twenty-three months, fourteen months crap shit. I Amen hate, to that, man. 
Ugh. Like there's a my wife has got this um this app called uh oh god what's it called I'm gonna have to actually check what this app is called now uh it is called um it's all about tracking leaps and things like that so leaps when they go through another stage of development it's called baby sparks and baby sparks take into account uh if the baby was overdue or not so you have to put like when the baby was expected to be born rather than the actual birth date. Oh, and God. it's all those things where they start tracking like, oh, okay, well, no, his actual birthday was was his due date. And you're like, no, don't start that. That's ridiculous. It's it's when he was born. That was his birthday. Yeah. yeah. If there was no issues, let it be. He's one. He's six months. He's 12 months. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. You're not going to be, while you're trying to put your baby in the car seat, you're not going to be telling that old lady, how old is he? And you're going to be like, he's 15 <laughs> months, two days, and he just farted. You know, stupid <laughs> shit. Yeah, you can yeah. probably smell the fart as well. The farts are fucking putrid when they're super young. Uh, nobody tells you that either. There's loads of stuff that people don't tell you. It's it's nuts. Uh, how's that going for you? Are you changing a lot of diapers? Uh, yeah, uh, he gets colic. Um, so colic is like this buildup of gas in the gut, which is we deal with it all the time by like farting or um, like. Uh, burping and things like that but when they're super young they can't do that so uh, instead it just whirls around so he gets super uncomfortable he wakes up like screaming and crying a lot of the time oh. uh, it's supposed to be like heartburn i guess but it's not that bad like it sounds bad it sounds dramatic but it's not that bad um it's your son so, whatever he yeah. does is dramatic bro yeah totally but at the same time like you know when you're half asleep and it's the third time in one evening that he's done it to you you're like oh okay this is relatively relatively normal yeah uh, how is that going? Is is it better? It's definitely getting better. Uh, it's not perfect yet. Um, I mean, we he has a regular routine, which is kind of going to bed around about quarter to nine, which is quite late. But I get back from work late, um, and it's that's how long it takes me and Nicola, uh, or my wife, I should say, um, uh, essentially to to like sit down, have food, and things like that. Um, but yeah, from about 10 till two, he'll sleep. Uh, so that's 10 PM to 2 AM. And then after that, it's, it can be anything from an hour on sleep. And then he wakes up for an hour to two hours sleep. And then he wakes up for an hour. So it's not too bad. We have it better than way more, uh, other parents out there. Yeah. Like we were, yeah, kind of like that four to two, but he was just, um, he wanted to eat and, um, I was fortunate in a way that my girlfriend wanted to breastfeed my son all the way until he was one. So nice. there was really nothing I could really do. You know, like <laughs> I couldn't really wake up and be like, here's the baby, put it in your boob. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I was kind of lucky, very lucky to like not like really wake up at a lot. But you were fucked because you had the bottle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you think... How, so how did that go? I mean, how easy was that for your other half to kind of to to get on with the breastfeeding thing? Was it was it hard for her, or did she kind of like fly to it? Uh, so for comparing to my sister in law, and uh, yeah. it was hard because she had my sister in law had a lot of milk. Like she like overproduced milk. Like like we could pack it up and you know sell it to people which i know yeah. now that you could do that which is weird but whatever um <laughs> like she had like milk to throw um uh, my girlfriend didn't have that much milk we were struggling a little bit but you know it was one of those things that was enough 
And uh, to the point that I think what helped was that we actually started feeding my son, um, you know, uh, food, not real mm. food, but, you know, you know, purees and everything earlier. So I think yep. you could do it like uh, about month four or five. And then so as soon as they told us, they gave us the green light, we started feeding him food and we still um, gave him, um, um, you know, breast milk. But it was yep. it was a struggling situation for her because, she, you know, she felt that she was not producing. And um, uh, wh- I saw one thing on Shark Tank where this lady came in and she was like um, a breastfeeding coach or something. And she had created um, a bar that will help um, uh, mothers produce um, milk. And mm. she didn't get a deal um, because like they didn't have the proof out there, even though she had like amazing sales and she was like a PhD on breastfeeding and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking that if I wouldn't known about that product uh, when we were, you know, when she was breastfeeding, you know, mm. I would have bought it because you want to do anything that you could help, you know, your partner to, you know, feel better and produce more milk. Like we went yeah. for like the stupid vitamins. We gave her beer, uh, teas, <laughs> exercise, fucking, I mean, you, you name it. Like some, you know, some old lady from Mexico would tell us, you know, you had to be do five push-ups standing, you know, on your head. And then I would do it. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, they were stupid enough not to take the deal or get a deal because, you know, at that point, when you just want to do anything for your partner. So you will buy anything, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, what was it like to, like, support her through that? I mean, what did you try and do? Was there anything you could do? Um yeah like um just you know if we found something that she uh helped her we would like buy it and there were some vitamins i forgot the name or you know like supplement that is not mm-hmm. they don't call it supplement to produce more milk it's a different name but the ingredients helps you supposedly to you know produce more milk so we started doing that and it helped her and then um uh what they said it was like the more he would like be sucking on the nipple, uh, the mm. more you know f- milk, and the more she will breast pump the more milk. Juice, yeah, but uh, it was enough for him, and we started the food early, so it wasn't as big as a deal as other people have it. But we did struggle a little bit, and you know my sister in law was one of those that, like, if she didn't like pump, like you could see the milk coming out like in like wow. thirty minutes. So she had like. If you wanted some, you would have, you know, which now I know you could sell it. She missed out on that one. Yeah, there's totally a market for that. And you can freeze it, I, I think, because we did loads of research on that stuff. Um, because uh, uh, essentially my my wife has got like a, like big knockers, basically, I think is the official term for it in the UK. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we did lots of research of uh, essentially how we could best utilize those and things like that. Uh, and essentially... They gave us uh, almost like a like a cloth cushiony thing to kind of like show how the areolas work, and essentially it's like underneath the layer of skin is uh, loads of uh, they're like milk jewels kind of things. So the more that you manipulate the breast, like the more you stimulate it, the more milk comes out essentially. Um, but we we found it really hard, um, mainly mainly just because. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the birth was pretty, um, was pretty intense and, uh, the, the milk didn't start flowing for a couple of days. So 
you know it was pretty stressful um but yeah we 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 did it for a while which was good uh we my wife also like expressed as well uh using the one of those machines you talked about um but yeah i mean it just i can totally understand why people use a bottle and use formula um because it's just in many ways it is a lot easier yes it's not as good for the child and things like that but um you know it means as a as a dad you can kind of you can still have that feeding like bonding time uh, and also if your if your wife or partner or whatever if she expresses into a bottle that means that you can take the 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 night feeds as well and kind of help out that way but it's yeah it's definitely rough uh, again society puts like a massive amount of pressure on 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 women to do that um and i know I've, obviously over in the states you guys don't have a an nhs or a national health service but um, we, we do in the UK and, uh, you know, we, we went to classes that we were kind of mandated to, to have to go to. And during those experiences, um, there were, you know, there were multiple times where, you know, there was a group of like would be parents, like let's say 10 of them in a room where we'd have a kind of a nurse practitioner at the front, basically explain to us the, the benefits of breastfeeding. And there was definitely lots of pressure in that room. Uh, and there's loads of classes to help with breastfeeding. So, you know, I, I remember having discussions with my, with my wife and she was like, you know, she didn't say that she felt pressured, but she definitely, when people asked her about it, you could tell it was a little bit of a, of a sore subject. Um, and, and she did it and she did really well and I'm super, super proud of her, but you know, it's, it's definitely not easy. Yeah. I mean, from birth to all those first months i mean it's not easy for them i mean they just gave birth to a freaking baby i mean yeah you gotta respect them you know it's like um you know my girlfriend went through a lot like she had a c-section and i never seen so much pain like it's just you know massive respect to them like but yeah but i mean <laughs> uh i was lucky not to be waking up every I mean, I, I would wake up, but there was nothing for me to do. So I would just go back to sleep. So I had yeah. it easy in a way compared <laughs> to yourself. But um, about the bottle, my my nephew, um, I'm not sure about this. So don't quote me on this. But um, there yeah. was something and like, I guess my nephew and my sister-in-law had different blood types. So she mm. couldn't breastfeed him. So as soon as he was born, he was in, you know, in the bottle. So I still remember those like green and purple poops, you know, uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it was so gooey and different and, you know, compared to like breast milk, like my yeah. my nephew was, you know, he n was never breastfed. Uh, uh, and then my niece, uh, she's the youngest one. She was breastfed. And then um, but it was something about the blood, like they were not compatible or something like that. It's one of those things that only doctors know. But he was not breastfed. He was bottled from the beginning, like yeah, not even crazy. from like birth. So yeah, it's all those options. Well, Jose, did you ever think you'd know as much about the color of kids' poos as you do now? Uh, no, I changed. <laughs> I changed my older nephew, my younger nephew, my son. So I have changed four. Oh, four. Five human beings' diapers for a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, you know, yeah. So it was, you know, everything's crazy. I mean, would you? did you ever think about that you were going to be doing a podcast with a Guatemalan talking about how to be a dad? 
<laughs> not really it definitely wasn't it was definitely something that hit me from the left field i think but uh yeah i, I it's i i'm always open to new possibilities uh, uh and that's kind of it's kind of a good example of that i think uh and being a father it's 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 rewarding you know it's like to think about that you know like his first my son's first words were papa uh that's you know i recorded that and i still have it probably i'm going to use it for the intro of our show nice. um nice. and yeah but it i mean uh it's it's an amazing feeling just to know that there's a little kid out there that is calling you dad or that he you know respects you or he's looking up to to you and for me like fatherhood it made me better and it made me more focused, you know, I don't know about you. Yeah, I think it just, it made me more relaxed in an odd way. Like I used to worry about the littlest stuff. I used to get quite obsessed over work. I used to worry about um, basically everything. Like I was quite a scared individual, I think. Uh, even when it comes to like stupid things like driving. Uh, the reasons were, I think I was a little bit scared. I wasn't really sure of my place, if you like, uh, in Kaya, because I was thinking about all these other stuff. And then as soon as uh, my son was born, uh, it's essentially changed. I figured out that, hey, you know, he's going to have to get around somehow. Uh, my wife drives. So, uh, yeah, so I started driving. Simple Wait, as that, really. So, uh, so is that like a little town where you don't have to drive? Yeah, so Get the, we, the travel, the the travel, the oh, dude, like talking to someone from goddamn LA about not having a car, like I get it, it's 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 a surprising thing, but yeah, I we never used to, you know, like my wife used to drive in a lot of places, and we had good like transport networks, so I could take the train into work and things like that, and I used to live in London, like London with the underground was was crazy good, like you'd be crazy to have a car in London, um, shut up, but out here we're a little bit more in the sticks, so. Yeah, uh, I drive a nice, nice little uh, Mercedes thing that uh, that I've rented and probably can't afford to have much longer. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, wait. So it's like, cool. it, your town is so little that you just your train is right there and then takes you to work. So pretty much. So I so I know that I said I live in Portsmouth. So I live a little bit outside of Portsmouth in a tiny little town called Porchester. Um, the average age of this town, like age of people wise, is like. It must be 62 onwards or something because, uh, yeah, it's pretty old up here. It's the equivalent to Florida, I guess, if that's an American cultural reference that I can make. Um, but that's so, a good yeah. thing, right, for a well, parent? It's, it's good for a kid, for sure. Um, and it's it's good for uh, quietness and things like that. Um, but, yeah, uh, the, but there's other stuff as well, like being able to cook tried more cooking for myself now than I have before. Uh, and also I don't you know, I have a healthier work-life balance because I, you know, want to be part of my son's life and I want to support my wife as much as possible. You know, like when you're at work, you have a good idea that, you know, holy shit, she's been with him all day. She hasn't had a break. I want to rush home and make sure that I can support her as much as possible. Wow, man. Over here in Los Angeles, it's getting better, but you still need a car. I mean, uh, I live from the station where I work at 19 miles away. Yeah. Um, and I go from two hours in traffic to an hour. So usually a good day is one hour of traffic 
for 19 miles away. On a bad day, it's two hours of traffic for 19 miles away. Oh, my God. Yeah. Your, 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 your city's totally broken, dude. <laughs> like, well, I think you look it's, at it for, it's just too we, many people here, man. It's too yeah, fucking yeah. many people. But you know what? Like, I was going to ask you about your the weather because, you know, you take a train. But, I mean, we are here because it's 75 degrees and sunny every fucking day. So yeah. I would not change that for any any place. Like, does it rain a lot over there? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I'll be depressed. I'll be like, I'll be the. Dep- I need. I'm like a brown little watermelon that needs the yeah. sun. I cannot be raining all the time. I'll be depressed. Dude, it's it's way too hot over there. Like I, you know, you're talking to a dude that's got blonde hair and like the whitest skin possible. Like if I was outside. For more than two seconds like i'd turn up like a beetroot the next day um yeah like even being in la for like a week it was way too long <laughs> shut <laughs> like, up did you have like, some color uh yeah it, it was but the weird thing is like i don't know there's something about being a british dude you basically you just turn red and then you go white like there's no super cool james bond-esque tan or anything like that instead you're just you know red or white Essentially, your sugar cane during Christmas. That's all you are. You're never anything else. Uh, what's uh? So, what's your like? Do you have? Are you British? Like literally from Britain, or do you have like ancestors from like somewhere oh, else? You know, that's a great question. Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. Uh, all my family is from a place uh, essentially near the Welsh border, uh, but we came to here when I was like two months old. So uh, to Portsmouth. Oh, so, and yeah. W- yeah. Welsh is still. Welsh is like. Um, so you're still so... British. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm definitely not Welsh. Like it's on the, the English side of the border. Very, very important to note. Yeah. And this is our <laughs> British history 101 for everybody yeah, that was of. asking for it. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody ever asked for it. Um, yeah. But we like to tell people anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> so there, let me remind everybody out there that you listen to How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. Uh, everything started because I wrote a book. It's called How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. If you want to support me, support us, you could go to my website, howtobeadadwithoutadad.com, and you could buy the ebook. You could also buy a paperback. Uh, you could also read a blog where um, there's a whole chapter out there for you guys for free to read it. And if you want to support us, go for it. Also, my friend Andy has a wonderful thing coming up. Hopefully, well, it will be coming up next week. But when this yes, thing is yeah. posted, it will be um, probably out. And you want to tell people about it or do you want to promote yeah, something? So we it's a little bit dad centric because we, we get lots of dads playing our game um, with uh, with their kids. Uh, so essentially, I've got a game coming out. Uh, it's a game that I work on called Rovercraft Infinity. It's coming out exclusively for Xbox One on April 11th. The whole ethos of the game is essentially it's uh, it's like Lego with guns. But it's all a safe uh, online environment. Uh, there's no blood and guts or anything like that. And um, yeah, it's it's out. It's $20. Uh, it will be out by the time you listen to this podcast, I think. And uh, yeah, uh, if you don't have an Xbox One, don't buy it. If you do have an Xbox One, check it out. Uh, it's a pretty good game. And, um, 
you know, it's something a little bit fun. And, you know, video games kind of get a rap for being ultra violent and not having much relevance in the real world, I'd probably say. It's more of like a time waste. Um, our game isn't a time waste. It's like a, it's you, a way for your, you and your kids to kind of be um, creative in a safe online environment. Because you build your own stuff, right? Yeah, so essentially you build a you build a robot from scratch and then take it into combat online, which can be against AI or against other people. But we get loads of people building lots of different sorts of things in our game. So we get loads of X-Wings, loads of TIE Fighters, loads of uh, like SpongeBob SquarePants, loads of weird like sausage dudes, uh, weird like basically everything. Like cars, Formula One cars, regular cars. Wait, planes. do they do they censor anything in your in your game? Uh, like like we online? Try, yes, we try we do uh we try to um so essentially the way our thing works is that if you take a robot into battle that other people find offensive for whatever reason that person can protest what you've created and then we'll take a look at it when we're back in the office and decide if that process uh, that protest is accurate if it is accurate we take it offline if it's not accurate you can keep going with it so for example you know um there's that oh, there's a film about talking hot dog people i can't remember oh what yeah it's yeah yeah sausage par yeah. Uh, party there we go so as soon as that game came out uh in the pc version we see suddenly had lots of like walking <laughs> sausages in our game um and obviously they look a little bit like a penis so uh we had those kind of invade for a bit that was quite fun um but yeah uh we try and keep like a safe online environment really because we have you know uh, our game is rated uh, e for everyone 10 plus Uh, by the ESRB, but you know we do get younger people playing it as well, and we do get older people playing it. So, yeah, it's a it's a cool little game to work on. It's definitely been. Really and you can cool play it on like, PC to too, right? You don't have to. You have can it. play it on PC as well. Uh, so on PC, it's completely free to play. Um, it's a slightly different game to Robocraft Infinity, but it's still fundamentally, you know, you are building a robot and taking it into battle online. So, and if anybody so, wants yeah. to go to the PC, how do they? Yes, what they need to do is they need to go to robocraftgame.com. Uh, and they can figure out how to download it from there. If they want to play it on Xbox One, uh, all they need to do is go to the Microsoft Store on the console uh, and search Robocraft Infinity. Oh, okay. Well, before we leave, let's talk about... Um, uh, so, like I've been saying, I wrote a book, How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. Uh, that's, yep. how, um, that's how the name of the podcast came in, How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. And, um, kick that, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and you've been helping me to uh, to make a flow and to correct my grammatical mistakes because English is not my first language, and yours mm -hmm. is, is. And you're like the main one. You you have it, you know, because you guys created it, so you have a better <laughs> a better sense of English than I do. And um, we, we do sometimes, not all the time. I mean, it's been really interesting reading the book because like uh, there's been um, there's been points where because uh, the low, the way that you write um, is, is quite pointed language. But that makes uh, what you write come across as really authentic. Uh, so, yeah, it's been there hasn't been as many grammatical areas, errors as you think there has been, man, for sure. Uh, and yeah, well, um, some of the comments that I have had, which I don't know if they're good or bad, is they're saying that the right the way I write is the way that I speak. So yeah. I think it's a good thing. So you know, once you read it, and then if you ever talk to me, you're gonna be like, ah, okay, you know. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, what I wanted to talk about is like one of the things that you, um, while you were reading the book and being very kind and you know helping me about it you share a moment with me about the chapter that is actually available for free. 
mm-hmm. on my blog on how to be a dad without dad.com. Uh, and it's called uh, There's No Crying in Baseball, Only in Fatherhood. And I share how when I first saw Toy Story with my son, I started crying like a little bitch. And <laughs> um, and you said something like when you, you know, kind of share the same moment with uh, your son. Yeah, I did. So I that chapter really spoke to me um, primarily because... It, it's it, obviously when you have a when you have a child you can't help pr- project your own feelings onto them right uh, and there's also a really good point in the book uh, to not give away too much where essentially you talk about how you you want to be you know a better a better dad than than, than what you had um, even though even it wasn't really there uh, and I thought that was really really powerful um, and it kind of corresponds to to what i'm about to talk about which was uh, yeah i think it was about seven days uh, sorry i was one week into my three-week paternity leave and essentially i put on netflix because we were both super tired uh nicola was asleep next to me so i was like right okay what's on netflix uh okay star wars rogue one's on netflix let's watch his first ever star wars film like star wars is a really big thing thing for me like as i'm talking to you i see star wars armada the board game and star wars x-wing miniatures like right next to me um so uh, you know it's something that uh this whole good versus evil like people being super heroic and people making sacrifices all the time like you know it's thoroughly a uh, a kind of contrived narrative um for sure but it's something that's always touched me um and it's always been kind of a constant throughout my life like uh when i played video games for the first time like i played a game called dark forces uh, which is like this first person shooter based on the doom engine um as i was kind of becoming uh, of age where i had a little bit of disposable income like 15 16 episode one you know came out in the cinemas uh and obviously you've got this new trilogy coming out at the moment um so star wars for me has always been kind of a, a constant in my life do you play the uh, game i totally totally do uh currently playing star wars the old republic a lot uh oh. although it seems like there's a big threat of ea shutting that down uh on the great fine but anyway um but why it was so cool to watch rogue one even though it's not really oh no it wasn't rogue one it was a uh, force awakens that we watched it's um, on netflix yeah, totally. It's on Netflix. You should totally watch it. Force Awakens is brilliant. Uh, not the most recent one, but the one before that. Yeah, but um, uh, I don't think we have it in the States. Maybe you guys have it over there. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe we do. Because Rogue maybe One is it's a Netflix for sure. I've seen it like yeah. five times, especially because there's a Latino in the lead. Ah, yeah, there is. That dude's awesome. That yeah, dude's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's, um, um, Star Wars is really thinking how somebody really told them like there's a lot of latinos that love and breathe um star wars and then um yep. you know uh the new um poe the new guy uh he's watermelon and the guy yep. right there on rogue one um he is mexican so uh, uh right now in our in our country the united states i'm all about brown and black because our president doesn't like us so if you have a color I'm up for it. And the more color I see on TV, the more enthusiastic and more things I support, you know. So the first time when Coco came out, I went to see it. When Black Panther came out, I went to see it because in the state of our country right now, I support any any color in on TV. 
and it, it's totally working as well like uh those uh, like coco and black panther have made so much money at the box office it's yeah. crazy but we don't talk um, about politics so this uh keep exactly going. exactly exactly uh what i do think is really interesting is that there is um so the the there is a lady uh at disney who essentially she's kind of the shepherd for the star wars franchise if you like and mm -hmm. one of the first things that she did is she um because she's always viewed star wars as kind of like a quite a female empowering thing like obviously leia's like the central character and she uh she's really strong independent and and kind of kicks ass um so one of the first things she did when disney got the license from from uh lucasarts uh, or bought lucasarts i should say uh, was that she started essentially recruiting really really good actors from multiple different uh, ethnic backgrounds male and female uh, and that's why you see the change and it was really cool to to share this kind of moment with my son because you know the the force awakens was the new trilogy essentially coming out uh, and uh it was just really nice uh, and i kept thinking about oh my god this is his first star wars film uh, like i wonder if Star Wars will be as important to him as it has been to me. And then I just started kind of having a tear in my eye and, and crying. I, di I didn't necessarily blub like a little bitch. And not to say that I don't blub like a little bitch, but, you know, for sure, uh, it definitely touched me in a weird way. And that's kind of that's always going to be a moment, like even thinking about it now, like it's totally crystallized in my mind. Like, you know, Nicola was next to me sleeping. I had him kind of like uh, on my chest, if you like, just like kind of propped up. Uh, yeah, it was a good moment. Yeah, it's Tell one me of those, about Toy Story, man. It was, like how, why know, is Toy Story so important? Uh, it's one of those things that you, you hope that he will like it, but it doesn't matter because you had that moment, that moment that, yeah. um, that at least you're going to share with them and be like, when you were little, I used to watch it uh, with you, you know, something yeah. that uh, in my case, I didn't have with my dad, you know, yeah. I don't have memories. I mean, he was alive and everything. He was just not part of my life, but I want to, yeah. you know, share everything that, um, that, that I've been doing with him because, you know, he's, he's my life now. Um, yeah. yeah. Toy Story when, uh, like I say in the book, uh, when Toy Story came out, it blew my fucking mind. It was like, uh, like I was like, Toys that fucking talk. Boom. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm 35 at the moment. Um, even though I tell people I'm still 33, but I'm 35. Uh, Toy Story came out um, and then I had a VHS uh, tape with me. And I would take that shit everywhere. I would go see my uncle in Mexico. I would take it with me and watch Toy Story at least once or twice. And to this day, uh, it was my first DVD I bought, was my first Blu-ray I bought, and I used to share it with my nephews. I would put Toy Story um, uh, so they could watch it over and over and over again. So, and then my when I first put Toy Story with my son, uh, I'm one of those tough uh, macho guys, Latinos, that, you know, for some reason, I, before I became a dad, I never cried. I guess I would suppress my feelings and never express anything. Uh, as soon as I start, you know, playing Toy Story and then you got a friend of me comes out and I have my son with me and it's just the two of us. He's about nine months, I think. Uh, I started bawling. I'm like, I can't believe I'm first of all a dad. Uh, second of all, I can't believe I'm, you know, I'm here with my son. And third of all, like I'm actually sharing one of the most uh, precious moments that I have because Toy Story for me represents a lot you know it was my childhood it was the good part of my childhood and like i said in the book still relaxes me every time i see it and you know it's 
every time I see it, I feel safe. And I think that's what a better feeling to have than just being safe. You know, I have anxiety. So every time I feel safe, I'm relaxed. And it's one of those moments that, you know, he was there. I was there. And if, even if he doesn't like it, I'm never going to forget that moment, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, man, um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. And um, first of all, I want to say that you are a very, very, very busy man. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Uh, this is a podcast for you. You're always welcome. Uh, you could Cheers, be, thank you. you could be part of it uh, as much as you want. I'm going to be mm -hmm. doing a podcast every week, guys. Um, this is uh, How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. And it's based off my book, How to Be a Dad Without a Dad. And you could go buy it at howtobeadadwithoutadad.com. Um, before we go, uh, do you want to tell anybody anything? Like, um, don't forget to go get the book. I mean, well, yeah, don't forget to go get my book. But uh, <laughs> you have a big game coming up and where to find yeah, it. Yeah, we... We, we do. So the best place to find me, I'm mostly talking about video games online, is via Twitter, uh, which is at gaming goodness, or one word. Um, also, shout out to uh, my boys making uh, Robocraft Infinity at Free Jam, uh, if they do happen to be listening to this. Uh, also, big shout out to my wife and son, uh, thanking them for being quiet so I could do this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's really it, man. I mean, the, the, the big thing for me is, you know, shout out to you and, and for, for making a really, uh, I'm writing a really good book. Uh, it's helped me. I found it really entertaining, like I, and also kind of inspiring as well. Uh, and yeah, people should go check it out. Go read that free chapter, see what you think of it. Uh, and also they should, I guess they should give you feedback as well, right? Like, yeah. Um, is there any way um, they can get in touch with you? I want, what I'm looking for the book is to help people in a way that if, if they help them, if they'll help themselves in a little bit to become a better person, that's a good thing. Uh, I want to say that you and I are not experts on fatherhood. We are Definitely not doctors. Not. We are not psychologists. I don't even know if I could spell psychologists. Um, <laughs> so we're just here to entertain people. And if you uh, feel that our stories, you know, are similar to yours, and if you relate, and if you have a little laugh, and if you, if we give you some good tips, then that's all we want to do. We want to entertain and maybe help you a little bit in the struggles of being a father, because being a father is not an easy thing. Um, if you want to contact me, I, uh, my Twitter account is at De La Roca Jose. That's D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A Jose, J-O-S-E. Uh, visit my website where you can find our blog, my blog. Uh, you can find this podcast, uh, how to be a dad without a dad.com. Uh, give us a comment, um, give us a shout out. Uh, and don't forget to go follow uh, Andy. And you have a fucking game coming out. So go get it, guys, because he has a game on the Xbox coming out and it's 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 huge. Uh, and like you said, I want to give a shout out to my girlfriend. I want to give a shout out to my son. I want to give a shout out to every father out there who stuck around and are raising their kids. And um, other than that, thank you for listening. And um, anything else you want to you know, say before we leave? Uh, just thanks for listening. Uh, and yeah, like following up what Jose said, like, you know, we're not experts, but 
if you've got any parental tips that you'd like us to share as well, hit us up on our social channels. And uh, yeah, thanks for being with us on on this journey. And yeah. big shout out to everybody at Free Jam for making the big game coming out. And then uh, thank you very much for listening. Cheers, guys. <laughs>